Welcome to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jay and with me here is B. Hello. Okay, so today we want to wish everyone a happy Halloween and candy season as well. Um, it is that time of year again. I almost forgot it was coming this year, so I had to quickly race to do this episode. So hopefully it's a good scary one for everyone. Now, I know that our Northern Hemisphere listeners are all about Halloween, so, you know, I'm glad that you're all out there living your best life at the moment. Down here, it's not really as big a thing, although I'd say I reckon it's getting a bit more popular, I've noticed. Don't you reckon that there's more like trick-or-treating and stuff these days? Yeah, for like the kids, but I've not once trick-or-treated, not once been to a Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a Halloween party. I I never did the trick-or-treating when I was a kid. It just wasn't a thing really. No. Um, So like probably the last five or six years we've gone trick-or-treating and um, my dad comes around on the weekend before each year and we carve pumpkins and all that sort of stuff. So I think people get really funny about Halloween in Australia. Like they kiss me whole like, yeah, bloody American stuff, you know, keep your American traditions and yeah. like, let people have fun, I say. Mm. Let people have their fun. Um, so anyway, that being said, are you ready for scary? The windows are open. <laughs> it's daytime. Yeah. You've got your doona. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is one of my favourite creepy tales. And I remember years ago when I first read the book, it really, really creeped me out. Like it scared me a lot. This book is called This House is Haunted and it is about what has commonly become known as the Enfield Poltergeist. Have you heard about this? No. Most recently, the case was covered, you know, taking a lot of artistic license, but it was covered in the movie The Conjuring 2. Now, I know that your feelings about horror movies and you probably haven't seen this. I have not and I won't. (laughs) I've seen like the weird nun thing. Is that from The Conjuring? Oh, there's a nun movie. Yeah, it's sort of all in the same universe. Yeah. Yeah, nah, no thanks. No, thank you. I all scrolled, right. I remember scrolling through maybe Facebook and that picture showed up and that was enough <laughs> to freak me out. So no interest whatsoever. <laughs> I love these movies. <laughs> so I actually didn't like the movie, even though I love the first Conjuring movie. I didn't really like the second one. I think because the story itself is scary enough and adding all the over-the-top drama just sort of takes some something out of it for me, takes a bit of a punch out of it. So, yeah, let's get into it. We are in Enfield, London, where 47-year-old single mum Peggy Hodgson lives with her children, Margaret, age 13, Janet, age 11, and there were two brothers as well called Pete and Jimmy in the book anyway. I'm not sure whether they have changed names or anything like that in in the book, but this is what they were called in the book. So... Between 1977 and 1978, the family, mainly 11-year-old Janet, were seemingly terrorised by some sort of entity in their home. So it started with noises, which was like the sound of furniture moving around, standard sort of, you know, beginning of haunting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Ghosts have like how to, how to haunt for dummies. Yeah, it's like they follow a playbook sometimes. Ghosting 101. <laughs> Move furniture, knock on walls and make lights flicker. (laughs) Tick. That'll get them. (laughs) So one night, Janet and her brother Pete had been mucking around in Janet's room before bedtime when the bed just started to shake all on its own. 
Now, they also heard like shuffling sounds like the furniture moving again. And they call mum, they call Peggy up and, you know, she she's just like, guys, just go to sleep. You know, typical single burnt out mum, like shut up and go to sleep so I can have some me time. So she switches off the light and tells them to go to sleep. But then she hears it as well. There's this distinct sound of furniture moving. She switches the light on. Nothing's out of place. Weird. So she turns the light off again. And this time she hears a sound like someone's walking in slippers, like scuffing across the floor. She turns the light back on again. Like drag my feet. Yeah, I when I wear slippers around the house, I sound like that too. I wear Birkenstocks, so you kind of shuffle in those. You clomp, clomp, clomp. Yeah. <laughs> so then she turns the light on. She hears knocks coming from the wall. Again, going back to the playbook, um, you know, standard affair. Yeah. Again, nothing's out of place. So she's about to turn the lights off again, but then suddenly a large chest of drawers just starts moving across the floor towards her. Now, they're all pretty shocked by this, but Peggy's trying to hold it together, trying to trying to put, keep her shit together for the kids. So she was like, nope, nothing to see here. <laughs> I'd be like, sorry, kids. <laughs> so I'm yeah. out the door. There'd be a B-shaped hole <laughs> in the door. <laughs> like in the cartoons. Yeah. So she's just like, oh, that's strange, and goes to try and push it back against the wall, but she can't it's like she said it felt like someone was like pushing it from the other side so she does the only logical thing she could think of and she calls the cops because you know what else are you going to do now there's not much they can do though because obviously there's no haunting department in the police force they Uh, can't move it either so no probably they couldn't and they're probably just like what what do you want us to do like i don't understand So after this night, the furniture moving becomes quite a regular occurrence, as did objects being thrown at family members inside the house. Things like Legos and rocks and that sort of thing just kept getting pelted at people constantly. Peggy calls the cops multiple times, but, I mean, what can they do? They're probably just annoyed with her by this stage. Yeah. Eventually she's at her wit's end and she calls a local newspaper just to try and, like, get some information out there, see if someone can help her. So by this time that she contacts the newspaper, it's been about six months of living in like a Lego war zone, you know, and they're done. They're just so done with it all, which you would be as well. And I guess, you know, people always say, why doesn't she just move? But, you know, she's a single mum. She's probably on like government housing. She probably can't move even if she wanted to, you know. So they do the story. A couple of reporters detect, you know, what, what should be quite an interesting story, I think. Um, And they head over to her house. So they're there, they're checking it out, trying to get something thrown at them, see what might happen. But, of course, nothing happens while they're there. But as soon as they walk out the door, it all starts up as strong as ever. So she is like, come back, come back, it's happening. They come back again. And this time they do actually cop a few Legos to the face themselves. One guy actually, like the cameraman, actually like lost, nearly lost an eye, hit him really close to his eye. So they think yes this is a thing that is real and is happening we have witnessed for ourselves we're definitely going to run the story but they actually put Peggy in touch with the Society for Psychical Research who sends out a paranormal investigator named Maurice Gross now he will end up being a key figure in this case and he basically stays with them and for the next I think it goes over about 18 months this whole haunting thing he basically just like I think at sometimes he even sleeps over, but like he will be there to try and work out what's going on the entire time. So he comes over, he brings in some offsiders as well, um, people to help him out. 
And these guys are just battered and bruised by flying objects, which, you know, were bigger things now, like books and stuff like that. They all heard noises coming from rooms with no one in them, and they all saw furniture moving as well. I mean, it's a classic, pretty classic poltergeist case and probably wouldn't be so famous if it had just sort of stayed at this level because I think this sort of thing is more common than we know it is. But whatever this was got worse and it decided to focus in on Janet and, you know, things just got really, really hectic. So with as far as Janet goes, her whole personality seemed to change. All of a sudden she was swearing like a trooper starting to exhibit increasingly aggressive behavior. And these were things were not, that were not really usual for her. She was just like your standard 11-year-old girl, probably a bit cheeky and a bit hyper, but she was never, ever like this. So everyone's like, what's going on with Janet? She's starting to act really, really weird. And then she starts to levitate. And many people have witnessed her levitate. There's a famous picture that I can show you where she's supposedly being thrown out of her bed. Now, I don't know, uh, like to me, I'll show it to you. Let me just see what you think. What does that look like to you? It looks like a kid jumping in the air. Yeah, so I, the jury's out for me on if this is really just her jumping or levitating. Like jumping off the bed. Yeah, that's it. But, I mean, have a look at the reaction from her siblings in the bed next to her. Like, they're yeah, kind like of- I can't tell if they're screaming or if they're laughing. Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, like, what the yeah. hell? Um, love the 70s bedroom too, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm not going to 100% say that I think that's levitation. I think that could be her jumping in some way. But people do see what they claim to be her levitating on a number of occasions. So, um, so eventually, you know, her violent outbursts get really, really bad. Uh, she becomes so aggressive one day that a doctor actually had to come to her house and sedate her. Now, not long after this, she seemingly like levitated after she'd been sedated. So she was out for the count. They gave her Valium, injected her. She was out and she seemingly levitated and was almost like placed on top of a radio whilst she was completely unconscious. They've got a photo of her just like laying on top of this radio as well. So that's all very weird. And I guess we it's difficult because we only have the accounts of the people that saw it. Nobody's captured, you know, a video of this or anything like that, just the photos from afterwards. So, but apparently it was happening. Then apparitions started happening. So young Johnny one day walks into a room and sees an old man with big teeth just sitting there staring at him before he disappears completely. After this, the apparitions were a lot. 15 different people would see various apparitions throughout the house. Furniture was also now being thrown around and overturned. Light bulbs were exploding for no apparent reason. And like I said, multiple people were seeing Janet levitate. And on one occasion, she was witnessed being pulled fully asleep out of her bed and headfirst down the stairs. It was like someone sort of had her by the arm, pulled her out of bed, and they saw her like travel down the stairs headfirst. So it's all very terrifying for the family. But all very exciting for the researchers. They're just like, woohoo, <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, thoughts so far on this haunting? I just never understand the argument of like, yeah, but they couldn't move. They couldn't. I'm it's sorry. Just just... <laughs> no, there, there's always ways to do things. Mm. Just this, yeah, oh, she's a single mom. Oh, she was on welfare. Oh, yeah. Um, Living in a haunted house, 
Like, this is evil stuff. Like, yeah, but for a kid's sake. <laughs> no, you're putting your children in the firing line of freaking demonic spiritual attacks. It's really hard because, like, I've actually been in this situation. It's probably a story I'll tell one day, but um, I lived in a super haunted house um, when I was 17 through to about 18 for just over a year um, with my mum and my sisters. And it was like it, it leveled up with the accounts in all of these cases. It was really, really bad. And it was it felt demonic and we got help and all of that. But we were there for just over a year. We were renting. And I often think, why didn't we just go? But the, like, it's almost like you get caught in a fog while you're living there as well. It's like you half doubt yourself. You half hope it's going to go away, um, you know, and then at the same time, you're like trying to see if you can move. Like, so there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, eventually, we did end up just like getting the hell out because it got really, really bad. Um, and, you know, mum bought a house and we sort of moved and everything. But yeah, it was it was really bad. So I kind of understand not just running on the first time something would happen because I've sort no, of I'm not talking it. about the first time now. <laughs> yeah, no, we're like, this is we're well and truly into yeah. dangerous territory. Yeah. Like this isn't a few objects being thrown here and there. This is literally seeing stuff, physical dangerous things like being thrown downstairs happening, furniture being thrown, like yeah. It's full on. It's full on. Yeah. So it's all going crazy and Maurice decides to do something, let's say, bloody stupid and attempts to communicate with her, which always makes things worse in these cases. Mm. He starts with asking questions with the old one knock for yes, two knocks for no sort of situation. Mm -hmm. He also left out various pens and paper around the house and got Janet to tell her to write messages to them, and it did. So this yielded results. Some of the messages written included a page stuck to the fridge that said, I will stay in this house. Do not read this to anyone or I will retaliate. And can I have a tea bag? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I guess at this point I'm starting to sense shenanigans. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Even Pete said that she thought the writing was quite similar to Janet's. So I, I wouldn't sort of say that this wasn't just a prank on her behalf. Yeah. Uh, the question is, you know, is Janet having a game and just mucking around or is the entity actually talking through her and getting her to write? So I suppose there's those elements of it as well. It just sounds funny. You kind of have a tea bag. Yeah. <laughs> Something that a kid would write, you know. Then we have the introduction of Bill, who takes this case to a whole new level. Now, not content just to be knocking out its responses, the entity decides to actually start talking and really introduce itself. So this voice seemed to come from Janet, somewhere behind her though. It wasn't Janet though because, and we know this, because Maurice at first thought it was Janet. Um, he thought that she was putting a voice on. So he taped her mouth up and the voice still happened. Um, and then he made her hold water in her mouth and the voice still happened as well. The voice is terrifying. And honestly, I'm often the first to call shenanigans, but there is no way an 11-year-old girl can make this voice. You brave enough to listen to it? Mm. <laughs> All right, I'll play you just a little bit. And this is one of the um, investigators trying to get it to talk. And remember, this is not coming from Janet. It's coming from behind her. Can you squeak the bed? I can't hear you talking. 
Now, say Dr. Bellon. Come on. Come on, say it for me, Dr. Bellon. What do you reckon? Sounds like Yoda. <laughs> it's very gravelly and gruff. Yeah. I don't think that a girl, a little girl could make that noise, even if she didn't have a mouth tucked up. Yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself, right? Yeah. They had experts listen to it and they decided that it wasn't actually a normal voice. It was something called um, plica ventricularis, which is a voice produced by using throat muscles rather than vocal cords. So it actually wasn't a proper voice anyway. You can, some people can do it, but it severely damages the throat. Um, and anyone who tries it, even just for a minute, is really, really hoarse after they've done it. Yeah. Bill would talk for sometimes three hours at a time. And Janet's voice was never affected afterwards. So to me, that's pretty compelling. So, yeah, this is what kind of makes this case extremely scary to me, like the fact that they've actually got all of this. Um, Bill said that he used to live in the house and died there age 72 when he had a brain hemorrhage and died in his sleep. They actually looked into this and found that there was a Bill that was that age and lived in that house and died there. And they even talked to his son and confirmed everything that the voice was saying. So again, how would Janet know all of those details? Yeah. You know? So they hypnotised Janet and she describes a feeling of cold hands gripping her all around her body while the phenomena happens. She couldn't say why this all started but did say that the household was being unhappy was a factor. After these things got even more hectic, if that's even possible, a few people at the local crosswalk near the house, including the lollipop lady, witnessed Janet levitating through her room, through, uh, like saw her through the bedroom window levitating around the room. Family pets then started to die and Bill was pretty quick to claim guilt for this. Then one day Peggy happened to walk into Janet's bedroom and saw the curtain next to her bed wrapping itself around her neck trying to strangle her. Hmm. She, got, she got there just in time. The apparitions were constant. Someone or something started smearing shit all over the walls at one point as well. And on one occasion there were the words, I am Fred, written on the bathroom door in electrical tape. Now, a barrage of experts and researchers came to check things out, and although they witnessed plenty of phenomena, no one could admit that Bill was ever a real thing. I don't think anyone wanted to actually put their name on it, just because it was so weird, right? Eventually, after nearly a year and a half, Janet is sent to a psychiatric hospital, I guess just to see if it helped at all. She was assessed at length, but no abnormalities were ever found with her. And back at, ha back at home, the crazy shit did reduce, but it didn't disappear altogether. The family still saw apparitions. She was away for six and a half weeks and immediately after returning home, stuff just got crazy again. Eventually, it was a visit from a Dutch medium called Dono Melig Meling, who came and did a trance sort of situation and tried to talk to the entities. Now, this is equal parts weird and interesting to me. 
Dono said that there was the presence of a 24-year-old woman who was also named Janet. Turns out this was actually Maurice's own daughter who had died in a car crash a couple of years prior. Nothing to do with Bill or any of the other entities, but just Janet has a message for her father. Bizarrely, after that was acknowledged, things got better. So, thoughts on all of this? That makes no sense. I know, it's weird, right? I Yeah, I don't know whether um, the spirit of Janet coming through was just like a coincidence, like, oh, there's my dad and he's got a medium in front of him, so therefore I'll utilise that, that resource, or whether things were caused because of that. It's really hard to say. I don't see a connection between Janet and Bill, though. That's really weird. No, why did it get better? Exactly. Yeah, so, so yeah, over 18 months, one of the most crazy full-on hauntings. I, and, and as I said, The Conjuring did do a movie about it, didn't like it it was just too over the top I think they could have made it a lot more creepy if they just stuck to the the stuff that actually did happen yeah um, yeah I feel like it could would make her an amazing um, movie so but yeah what do you reckon about the haunting all of the stuff oh yeah I believe it all but I don't understand the ending yeah the ending's really bizarre I guess like the discussion point here needs to be was it real or was it a hoax right and I see both sides. Even Janet admitted in later years that she had faked some stuff just to see whether Maurice would notice, like a game. Yeah. But she, she said it was like 2% of the entire phenomena. It was just like, yeah. and I can see that. In a house with no father figure, maybe it was nice to be getting fatherly attention. And, you know, she was just trying to mm-hmm. utilise what she had. So to me, this has come down to are we believing the witnesses because there were a lot of them. Um, and they witnessed stuff that a young girl just could not have done. So are we going to believe the witnesses or aren't we? Like things like moving furniture, levitating, and, of course, Bill's voice as well. Those are all things that can't be faked by Janet, I, I think. How do they get recordings but not video? Yeah, well, that's it. I would love to see a video of it. Yeah. I just find that hard to believe. That's really, like, annoying. I know, and I don't know... Especially with people like professionals coming and going. Yeah, that's it. And I just don't know whether that's like a um, we don't have that sort of equipment situation. I mean, it's the 70s, so you think that they would. Um, and there were um, like interviews done with the family and stuff on news stations. So they had definitely had videos back then. Yeah. But I don't know whether this crew maybe didn't. Maybe they just didn't have the resources for yeah. that sort of stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, I would love to have caught it on video. That would be great. Um, that voice is not a little girl, though. This is, like, a hoax or it's not. Like, if it's a hoax, it involved a lot of people. Yeah, too many people for a hoax. Yeah, and people like the lollipop lady seeing her, her yeah. um, like, levitating through a bedroom and stuff. Like, people that had no dog in the game, you know. Mm. The sisters have been interviewed over the years as adults as well um, a few times, and they stand by their story. I think to me, if we're going to accept the hoax thing, then, you know, we've got to ask what's the reason. I mean, at least with the amitable horror, you know, we had an, a massive mortgage in over our heads, maybe need to get out of here sort of thing that could have been an, a factor. But there just seems to be nothing in this situation. Peggy ended up actually having a mental breakdown after all of it. So it really negatively affected the family. There, as there always is, you know, a group of people who are adamant that this was a hoax, though. Um, 
It's never been officially debunked though. Nobody's ever come up and said, here is some proof that this was a hoax. It's more just like, no, that's too crazy. That mustn't have happened, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I want it to be real. I, I think that there's a good chance that it could be a real thing that happened to me. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. I mean, I, I want it to be true just because there, it's an awesome, creepy story. But also, I have to say, it's pretty compelling. There's just multiple witnesses. witnesses. Um, there's pictures and recordings. And also, there's just no benefit to the family to doing it. The, you know, it's all bad. It was all really bad stuff that happened to the family. Um, and I can just imagine poor Peggy, like, she's probably beside herself with all mm. of it. Imagine having your 11-year-old child speaking like an old man in your house, like, Furniture being thrown around, things being thrown at people all the time, people seeing apparitions everywhere. Like that must have been horrific. And you're right. Yeah, she probably should have tried to move. Um, yeah, I, was- I think when you're getting to, that's the thing that will always get me with these situations. Like, this didn't happen until you moved to this house. We're now at the point where you are sending your daughter away to a psychiatric facility. Mm. Let's. The first thing you can do, the easiest thing you can do is leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then the if it's still happening, you've got problems. Yeah. But why just keep your, like, we're talking about environmental factors, like, and this wasn't happening until you moved into this particular environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, um, there's, there's hauntings and then there's hauntings, you know? Yeah. The one that I was in, I know that, things just got so bad that like we we just were terrified in the end we were all like sleeping in the same bed (laughs) it was like so so scary um but yes that's a story for another time Mm. but yeah I don't know I love this case uh apparently after they did move out eventually um new residents did note that there was some weird shit happening nothing to that degree but I think that it's a known fact that this sort of thing can attach itself to like pubescent girls just because they're going through all the hormones and the emotions and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. you're probably like focused in on Janet for that reason, I'd say. Um, so maybe if you don't have that element in your home, you know, maybe that it doesn't manifest that way. We're just like a perfect storm. I know um, when, when it was in my house, it focused on me. I was a bit older, but I'd been like going through some hard stuff and was having some um, mental health stuff going on and I was quite in quite a vulnerable state so yeah. really really attached to me and was really bad um yeah. so yeah I don't know I I like this case I, I I reckon it's real and I'm not calling bullshit on this one what do you reckon yeah I'm not calling bullshit but I have lots of questions as to, yeah so many like, questions yeah. yeah just why you stayed <laughs> get the hell out yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably leave after like one random bit of Lego got thrown at me. <laughs> after the dresser came flying I'd be at like, me. I'm out. Who was that? <laughs> Did you throw that? No. Did you throw that? No. All right. I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Kids, you can look after yourselves. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's pretty scary stuff. <laughs> um, all right, everyone, let us know what you think and we'll be back next week. See ya. Bye.